0: Welcome to All Credits Due, Vitsi's podcast for filmmakers and film geeks about what goes on behind the scenes of the filmmaking world. I'm your host, Nikki Lok, and each week I'll be speaking to someone involved in filmmaking to better understand their roles and how it goes into the making of a good film. On our very first episode, we speak to Kenny Tan, who happens to be the head of Vitsi Studios. He's been making films for over a decade, picked up a few awards, and joined us in 2017. Today, he oversees the production of Vitsi Originals across Southeast Asia, as well as branded short films for clients. Hi Kenny!
1: Hello, Hi.
0: Okay, maybe we just start off with a more general question. Mm. Uh, how, how do you know about Vitsi and what made you join us?
1: So, uh, I think uh, when I first heard about Vitsi, I think that was a while back uh, when, it first, when they actually first began. And I got to know Jian and Derek. And after that, I would later on upload a couple of my short films onto the platform that has already sort yes. of done its festival rounds. I think as a filmmaker, other than creating art and being recognised at festivals with your film, I think finding an, an audience is, uh, for your film is also really important. Uh, and at the time, I didn't have much expectations about, you know, putting my film or sharing my film. I think when I thought of Vitsi at the time, it's because I think of Vitsi as a, a great distribution point and hub for short films, you know, and, mm. and I can sort of place my film there. And then I was kind of surprised by the results because for an old film that I did back in 2011. and I remember that that film was called Three Days Grace. Mm. Um, uh, uh, I think I put it up a few years later, 2013, 14. I'm not too sure, actually. Then, uh, you know, because it, it has done its festival rounds and then, um, but suddenly, the film actually found a new set of audience online. Mm. And it's not just from, let's say, Singapore. It's people around the region as well. So, suddenly, I realised that, oh, okay, a film that I did a while ago that I thought was considered... Old already and I haven't shown it to anyone else and now I place it onto Vitsi and because of that I've gotten new audiences and people who are reacting to, to the film itself and what is the message of the film. So I thought mm. that's a great way for me to sort of discover Vitsi and what it can potentially do for, for films that we make. La.
0: So now now that you are the executive producer uh, in Vitsi studio, since you took on that role. Uh, you've now overseen over 100 uh, Vitzi original productions. That's a lot, a lot of stories to tell. Uh, we'll go into that later. But for now, I'm curious to know, where do you find inspiration to tell your stories?
1: I think stories are everywhere. Mm. From the things you read online, on the news, or to the conversations that you're having with your friends, mm. or even your, your taxi or grab, grab driver, right? Mm. So, so for myself, I think I, I get most of the ideas and inspirations from observations of things that are happening around me, right? So mm. um, to me, uh, drama is everywhere. And I have this habit of dramatizing mundane events in my head, you know? And at the same time, I think music also plays a huge part in my inspiration, you know? Mm. It's almost like there's an ongoing soundtrack of, of my life that's playing in the background. And if you look at my Spotify playlist, you know, it's made up of almost all soundtracks of films and TV series. And I I occasionally indulge in production library music, which is quite a geeky thing to do. But uh, uh, I kind of love it because, yeah, as I said, you know, the idea of of having an ongoing soundtrack of my life that's playing in the background. Also, at the same time, when I was younger, I wasn't that good in my studies. So I actually watch a lot of of, uh, television. Mm. So I think that, that also played a huge part in my, my my, sort of my interest in uh, media and choosing yeah. to study filmmaking. In fact, mm-hmm. my first couple of short films were very heavily sort of influenced by things I've watched on television.
0: Which television series or shows that you follow wow. since yeah since young last
1: time is really it's just watching like the the SBCs and the TCS which later on became <laughs> uh, MediaCorp, right? So that, yeah. that was the only thing that were available. Of course, there, there mm. are what we call VCDs and LVs. So I was exposed to, to Hong mm. Kong uh, films. I was exposed to US, you know, even those old films that my, my mom loved to watch, like Gone with the Wind. But a large yeah. part of my content consumption as a kid, right? Or Mm -hmm. just have dinner and sit in front of the TV and watch shows, right? Watch this this TV shows. And I realised that that was how I was being influenced um, Mm -hmm. by how stories are being told visually. And I realised that at a young age, I could sort of edit scenes in my head. And at the time, I I, I didn't even know of the 180 degree rules and and, and such, you know. It's only Mm -hmm. in film school that you start to learn that, right? But I think when I was younger, when I was drawing like little comic storyboards of my ideas right even in secondary school i had to do certain uh a video for my club right um yeah. uh, uh, those rules came into play there where i say hey i can't really study but i seem to have some skills and knowledge in 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 this part of you know of uh, media and sort of video mm. filmmaking so that's how i embarked on this this path and then that's where all the inspirations start to come together.
0: That's really interesting because it, it goes to show that you have to be exposed to like uh, other kinds of media out there other kinds of films or stories out there then that will kind of enrich your own experience of like what are the stories that you can tell right Yeah, yeah. so so maybe diving diving further into that what are the kinds of stories that particularly draw you in and maybe you can also share who are the storytellers mm-hmm. or filmmakers whom you look up to
1: mm, I think for myself I love a variety of stories and, and films and from um, me, it's it's very important that as long as there's interesting characters or interesting perspectives that I can mm. observe learn from you know um or put myself inside that world that the the, the filmmaker uh, created I think that is that's a mm. very 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 interesting thing to do and a very interesting perspective for me to sort of watch and and sort of even enjoy that that, that piece of uh, mm. film you know and I think the authenticity is also key as well i think at the same time it's also that Certain voice or that unique voice of of the of the filmmaker, and it's not every filmmaker that have that voice. Many of us are finding that voice. There are certain filmmakers that have that style of uh, mm. storytelling that will draw you in, right? So a couple of the mm-hmm. storytellers or filmmakers that I really really like it's, for example, um, on the mm-hmm. Hollywood front, it's uh, David Fincher. I think Fincher, having mm-hmm. made Gone Girl, Fight Club, Girl yes. with the Dragon Tattoo, and all, um, yeah. yeah. uh, they are all very interesting character studies. As as well. mm. So as I said, you know, interesting characters, interesting perspective that I can observe mm. and learn, you know, and, and, and sort of go, go into that world. The other one from the Asian front is uh, Hirokazu Korida. I think uh, he oh. did Shoplifters, Nobody Knows, Like Father Like Son. Very, in the Japanese context, their own heartland kind of stories. But the character mm. studies, you know, of, of people, of uh, families, you know. Um, I think yeah. it's really, 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 really interesting. I think it's not about budgets as well. Of course, I think these filmmakers, they can command a huge budget, right? But I think uh, for most, most filmmakers, I think the character study part is really, really important. And it's okay. something that uh, we should put a bit more effort in uh, mm. uh, yeah, to, to sort of develop those characters in our stories.
0: Is there a uh, most recent film that you have watched that made you go like wow? Hmm.
1: There is a recent film that I watched, but it's not recent. Recent, I think it was done in two thousand eighteen uh-huh. or so. I heard about it, then I kind of managed to watch it, and it's called The Insult. Um, it's a Lebanese film that tells the story of two men, a Lebanese Christian mechanic and a Palestinian Muslim foreman, right? Um, so when you think about this story right, The first thing you think about Is what well, this must be This has been to Probably It has won awards in Venice You know It's, it's yeah. uh, Lebanon's uh, uh, sub, uh, Submission to the Best foreign language film At the Oscars Right so When mm, you think about it, is You like, feel that, well, is it very artsy You know about You know this, this uh, Christian <laughs> But actually When you look at the story Right It's actually very Very accessible It's about these two persons, mm. right? Of course, different faiths. Mm. One is Lebanese, one is Palestinian, but okay. they're, they're embroiled in a court case that causes a huge political upheaval in a oh. sort, of like, in, in sort of like an unstable country already. And it's all because yeah. of a single unremarkable crude insult, right? The the Lebanese guy said something ridiculous and, you know, it's almost oh, like dear. a pickle, right? So two of them are like two big boys, okay. right? Fighting over this insult. But apparently, this insult <laughs> became a national thing. It started riots. It started a whole lot of things. It's a simple thing. Just, and the title is so, is, is so simple. It's called The Insult. I highly encourage uh, people to go and, go and watch it because of how simple mm. it is as a setup. But yet, when you link back to social, economic, political situation yeah, at yeah. these places, the stories start to come out. Again, there is the character yeah. study. Again, there's the perspective that we can watch, we can learn. Yeah. And, you know, so I was kind of surprised about the large population of Christians in Lebanon. You know, because mm-hmm. it's sort of, mm-hmm. you would think that it's, it's the Middle East, right? And then the Palestinians, mm. uh, that are kind of, they, they could work there, but they are being yep. sort of, in a way, quarantined in a particular zone. So ah. it's, it feels like there is that, that you know, um, um, us and them kind of thing. But at the same mm. time, it's very, very relatable. It's, you know, you can replace mm. this story. If, uh, even in Singapore, Maybe not to that level of upheaval, but it is still very, very relevant. And it's stupid. It like, starts with mm. a stupid insult. La. Two people being stupid that causes a lot more people to pay for it. And then, of course, there are things that, I'm, mm. that, there are things that I read, right? Um, I, I'm, I'm not that much of a reader, right? But I think reading is very important. And, and even if you don't like to read, yep. uh, I think with, with, with online and all, there are lots of these articles and stories that you can read from. Mm. So recently, I'm, I'm mm. currently into two sentence stories. I don't know if you heard about that. Uh, oh, no, two I sentence stories? What, it's basically that? stories, almost like a setup or something that hooks you in two sentences of, of sorts. So, so for example, you know, if you think uh-huh. about a uh, thriller of sorts, so there's a line that goes um, I don't mind that my housemates bring guys home, but just once, I'd like oh. to see one of them leave. Right, And then there's the emotional ones, like you know, I became okay. a doctor to save people's lives. Twenty minutes of CPR on my dad proved that that was a lie. Yeah, so it's very powerful. You know, this oh, wow. line okay. but they' are so powerful, yeah. they make you think ah. so much. Um, yeah imagination you actually what what <laughs> would that be, what situation would that be uh, you know um, um, yeah. um so I think these these two send the story very fast, yet kind of joke yeah. your imagination and your creativity, even you know so I, i'm I'm mm. kind of really into those, and I think these are great places to get some inspiration or you know.
0: I think we'll, we'll just move on to the next mm. part, uh, which I guess it kind of uh, addresses like some of the obstacles that uh, if you are a first-time filmmaker, you probably have so many questions in your head before you get to craft that mm. story uh, for a short film medium. In your personal experience, right, what do you think is your biggest challenge in uh, making a story, telling a story for a short film medium? Mm.
1: For, I think for short films and short documentary, for example, mm. uh, uh, as mm. a medium, I think they're a great way for audiences to be engaged and entertained in a short amount of time, right? But I think mm-hmm. the biggest challenge in crafting a story for a short film is it's how to, to tell a clear succinct story within mm. a short mm. amount of time. I think that is the biggest challenge. You know, It's different from feature mm. films or TV series where you've got plots, characters, and story arcs you know, mm. that are expanded yeah. in a larger universe. That, for many filmmakers, whether uh, you're a veteran or whether you're a newbie, right, will mm. always be the challenge. Mm. You know? How do you set up and go into the main conflict in a matter of minutes? You don't have half an hour mm. to set up the character. You have mere minutes. Often, you'll mm. realize that as you're writing the story, you're putting too many things in the script. And you end up Mm. telling and not showing. Sometimes I suffer from from that as well. I would then have Mm. that conflict within myself of am I telling too much Mm. or am I showing too little? So it will be a constant challenge. Yeah. And, and 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 you've got to be smart about it.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned this because uh your previous uh, Lebanese mm. film, right, that you're yeah. talking about, it sounds like it's a kind of film that is peppered with mm-hmm. dialogues, <laughs> with less of mm. showing. Uh but I ha- I haven't watched that mm. movie yet, so I'm not sure how, how the plot like unravels. Ah. Uh, but then, yeah, like in, in your opinion, then um for I guess first time filmmakers, it's best to go with a show, not tell kind yes, of direction. Yes, and that,
1: that comes back to mm. the script itself, you know, how the script itself mm. um, is something that you, you are constantly asking yourself and checking yourself, here yeah. are words there on the script, am I cheating by yep. writing too much of it because the audience are not going to see the script, the audience are going to mm. see it on, yep. on screen. So, for the insult, right, the Lebanese film... It may sound mm. like it is very dialogue heavy. It is dialogue heavy, but at the same time, the way that they're showing it, the way that they're building the conflict and the tension, you know, um, it's all there. Uh. So I wouldn't say it's a tell not show kind of kind of film. It's it's a good balance okay. of both, you know. But that mm-hmm. uh, that I must mm-hmm. say is a feature film. There is you know there is mm-hmm. a there's a time for you to sort of build those characters, set up those, those conflict, right?
0: right. For, for yourself, right, how many rounds of story edits do you go through before you settle on the final draft? Um, the
1: I mean, as they always say, like, uh, writing is rewriting, right? Um, and, but sometimes it's also about that, that gut feeling, right? It really depends from person to person. Uh, there are some people who are also quite adamant about once they uh, confirm the script, right, and you know, they are <clears> on set, right, they wouldn't want to change the script. So this is the way it is. The actors must respect whatever I write. I'm very confident. And there are filmmakers that are like that. Mm -hmm. They are are very confident of their story. They don't want other people to change how they think of the story. It's really... Sometimes, like I said, so writing is writing, but also about gut feel. Sometimes you are confident already. Then some people start to, 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 you know, put in their thoughts as well, right? Then it Mm -hmm. can make you feel Mm -hmm. less confident or make you somehow lose your way. So... So I think it's a good mixture of both. Um, Some people love the process of collaboration and the spontaneity Mm. on on set, right, that, you know, the the Mm. actors bring with them, you know, they say, oh, I think I can say it in a different way. I can change the lines, you know. Some filmmakers are are cool Mm. that you you are on set and Mm. then you you change things because it suits it better. For myself, right, I'm kind of a bit of both. I have my script, right? I will sort of work with the actor to tweak the nuances on set because it may play out okay. differently from when I was writing it. So as you see the actor, you finally cast the actor, you see the actor deliver the lines or as you build on the character mm. as you should, right, you realize that this might not actually work for the character. So I'm, I'm mm. willing to collaborate with the, the, with the actors and with the scriptwriters or even myself as a, as a scriptwriter to sort of work with mm. um, the changes because of the nuances. I think nuances in performance is very important and, and, and great actors could, okay. could, could give you that. Right? So it's, it's important. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if that change uh, may cause sort of like a snowball effect with the other scenes that I'm building up to, right? Then that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Because some actors or some um, collaborators, um, they may not see where I'm going to. They might have a different idea of where this, the, the ending point might be. So although their inputs may be great for that particular scene, it may not be for the film as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's very important for filmmakers to have that clear vision and not to be sweet unnecessarily. Good collaboration, built on characters and uh, nuances in performances. That's cool. Lines can change as long as it kind of conveys the same meaning and, the same, and brings mm. you to the same ending point. You know? yeah, so there'll be many, mm. many people that are coming in with their own thoughts, but you've got to have your own very clear yeah. vision you know, and not to be sweet. La. So I guess yeah, yeah, So it goes back to... Mm. Um, when you're writing the story, you are writing and you're rewriting and you're writing again, you know, and then when you go on set, yeah. things might sort of change. Sometimes also have a bit mm. of trust in your gut. Yeah, I think that, that to me, I think <laughs> it's based on my own experience. Sometimes when I was starting out, I may have less confidence. Uh-huh. So even though my gut feel is strong, I sort of give in to certain mm. comments. Then I sort of mm. regret. <laughs> Now I gotta find a way to solve this problem that I just created, you know. So yeah, I think uh, this is something that filmmakers yeah. as the more they do, the more collaborators they work with, uh, they will eventually learn. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, Maybe now to uh, paint a bigger picture, um, I think you've also been working with uh, film producers, creative producers in Indonesia and the Philippines, uh, not just in Singapore, but uh, in the region. Uh, How do you feel about today's storytelling Hmm. landscape?
1: Um, I think in today's storytelling landscape, I think it's really cool. Uh, there There are many, many platforms and many, many opportunities for content to go out, right? Uh, even when you talk about film mm-hmm. or filmmaking, right? There's got there's several platforms that could distribute films. So the idea of many platforms mm-hmm. would equate to many more opportunities for productions and content creation. So mm-hmm. I guess the landscape is mm-hmm. really, really active at the moment. Of course now we are in the COVID nineteen period, so there's a slowdown there. But in general I do see yeah. in the, in the past couple of years a lot of productions and, 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 and filmmaking activities are happening. And, and because, mm. because there are platforms to, be, to have this work shown, there is a demand for content. Everyone has a TV set in their pockets, mm. which is their phones, mm-hmm. right? So in terms of storytelling, mm. um, what I like about it is that because there's so many opportunities to make content, um, that the variety of content mm. are coming up, right? It's cool to also see uh, more and more hyper-local content coming from local content creators, whether it's Mm. Singapore, I've been seeing in Philippines, I've been seeing in Indonesia with their own domestic markets, right? Uh, A lot of them are celebrating Mm. that that hyper-local content creation. So I think that is very Mm. encouraging. But I think um, we need to see Mm. more of that, whether it's around the Southeast Asia region, because I think we really have a lot of very good stories and very unique stories to tell. And the world needs to see more Mm. of this. Yeah, so I've I've been been always telling the Mm. the filmmakers one of the key parts of authenticity is to tell your own story. You know, so so by Mm. being able to tell this story, this hyper local story of what you are, what relates to you, and what is unique about yourself, uh, this would have Mm. an eventual market for you know, and people would 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 eventually come to realize that these are very very good content as well. Uh, But the things that because of the increase of the awareness or, or the need for more content. I think people are also um, mm. working on such content. I think Vitsi, are, you know, when we are commissioning works, we also look for such, such content. So if you would see our slate of, mm. of originals even last year, there's a lot of uh, films that are relating back to what is local you know, to us. Yeah. So I think that's mm. something that uh, yeah. the, 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 the landscape uh, and the content landscape, storytelling landscape could have more of Um, The other thing that uh, could use more of, I would say, is about having filmmakers or content creators sort of react, you know, to the audience consumption uh, habits, right? Um, Because they are watching Mm. things not just on their phones, they're watching on TV, they're watching in the cinemas. There's multiple touch points that they're consuming this content. So filmmakers should also adapt to this content so that we can discover more formats and ways to tell a visual story and not just fall back yeah. into the traditional formats. I, I think uh, we could use more of that, you know, because that needs the collaboration of the audiences. But mm. like, I think in general, because of all these opportunities, yeah. and you know, I think storytellers can use this opportunity to see, you know, how can I rethink, how can I you know, uh, uh, react to how people are watching content? I mean, there are some that might be deemed experimental, right? Don't try, you never know. So, for example, Creepy mm. in the US, you mm. know, which is short for Quick Bites, mm-hmm. right? They are like six to ten minutes short form mm. content that can be watched in a turnstile manner and it's all okay. on mobile. Ah. Uh, I think recently they're going to say they're going to be able to okay. cast that on television but its main platform is to watch on mobile, right? Mm. And they're actually garnering mm. the audiences okay. that are uh, uh, from, from um, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. 7 a.m. Oh. to 7 p.m. is supposed to be your working time, your day right. time, right? So with bikes, right. like, like yeah. uh, a platform like uh, Quibi, they're trying to mm-hmm. engage that group, right? So mm-hmm. with that comes a new set of rules for storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it's still very much uh, an experimental mm-hmm. phase at the moment, but it's backed by um, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who used to lead DreamWorks. So a lot of people are throwing money at him mm-hmm. and, 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 and they're, see, they're saying, would <laughs> Quibi be your next big thing? the jury is still out but um that is something that what i feel is that oh that could sort of change how we think short-form content on mobile you know the storytelling be a bit different you know and i think they are already doing such such things as Mm. well
0: sounds um sounds like a very open-minded perspective of it right because we are looking at who are we making these films for like yes. who's, who's the intended audience and then that way we are also kept relevant <laughs> to what people are watching yes. what are the trends out there I um, think that's some really great advice uh, for filmmakers who are starting out and, and wanting to make films that will mm. become viral like, eventually <music> Let's move on to debunking a myth. Um, So I think this question is often heard uh, even within Vitsi community members uh, where filmmakers are asking, like, oh, my budget is so little. How do I make a film? Uh, Do you think making a film needs to be very expensive? And what's what's the kind of uh, budgets that you have worked with before?
1: Hmm. I think filmmaking yourself, yeah. doesn't need to be expensive. It, it really depends on you know who your audiences are, who is it for, and, and what type of stories that you are you are telling. Uh, not to say that, that filmmaking is cheap, right? Mm. So filmmaking is very broad. Of course the general idea is yeah. that filmmaking is a collaborative effort. You've got people from different departments to put the film together. But there are, you know, in this day and age, there yeah. are people that do a one man or two man show, you know. And because of the fact that whether it's mm, it equipment, yeah. softwares and all are accessible and available, you could do it in a lo-fi, yep. small team way, or some of them even do it in a singular way, right? I mean, in mm. the time of COVID-19, right, you're going to see a lot more of that as well. You know, how do you shoot with a small team? Mm. And a lot of people are now shooting things by themselves, you know. It depends on the type <laughs> of story that you're telling, who is it for and what's the format. I think that is something that we got to align with. Mm. So, if you're talking about something that is independent, something that's small. It doesn't matter that it, the, the budget is small. I think there are ways to get around telling a good story. Mm. So, again, it goes back mm. to what is the story you want to tell, right? Mm. If you think about a massive, massive, I don't know, tempo movie about World War II and all, um, you're not going to do that with a small budget. Maybe you can. In a very um, smart way, you can. So, uh, 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 the idea is, Mm. is again, what is the story, right? If the story is something that is very contained, uses minimal amount of characters Mm -hmm. and minimal amount of locations, then of course you can keep the the cost down. Mm. Like Mm. I said, if I was talking about a period film, I wouldn't say it's exactly that cheap because you've got to think about the period element. Even if you say, I'm going to go into the forest to shoot, cool, yeah. that will save you the location fee. But you must remember to play <laughs> with the authorities. Uh. You can't just go in the forest and shoot up the permission. <laughs> but minutes, other than that, you should yeah. think about the costume yeah. la, and all these things. So I think uh, it's about yeah. managing your own expectation in terms of the story that you want to tell. How, mm. much, how, how much do you want to tell that, 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 that story? And can that story be told with that amount of budget that you can master up. You know, if you feel that you're struggling very hard, then mm-hmm. maybe you're not thinking of the story in the right way, that this story may not fit this particular budget. You, know, uh, you might say, okay, I'm going to go out mm-hmm. and raise more money yeah. just so that I can do it, or find more collaborators that, that could join in you know, to, to execute this. But if not, I would mm-hmm. say don't push it. You know, mm-hmm. But if you say that I still want to tell the story, and this story okay. can still be told in a, a lower budget way, uh, in a smaller way then yeah we can be smart about it I mean we are in the creative industry right? this is something creative right? we can look at how to in a smart way tell the story that you want to tell within a certain mm-hmm. amount of budget that you have la. and I would say some people say no budget no budget I would mm. say at the end of the day you still need some budget la. Um, I, I have personally made films mm. and that have you know even gone to festivals that I spent about I don't know $500 you know mm. to make a film Uh, done in half a day and a lot of friends helped you know but everyone sort of got paid by food and lots of love but still there's still money (laughs) involved right Uh, 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 then I've made films or series that are hundreds of thousand dollars you know Um, those are projects that needed Mm. that type of of budget so and 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 to me for that budget Mm. it's not even considered a high budget it's just just enough you know so Mm. it really really depends on on the type of films you want to make but I must say that, you know, with the equipment nowadays, you know, from the cameras that are sort of supposedly prosumer, not even professional, prosumer, right? They are good Mm. enough to be able to make a film. You've got prosumer audio devices. You've got um, softwares that are, you know, not too expensive to acquire, you know. So um, you don't have to pay a lot, a lot of money to be able to go out there to create right but of course when you go to the next level you need that mm. professionalism you need that quality you need that you know level of finish then that's where the money start to come in but if mm. your idea is just to tell that story and you only have a certain amount of um, yep. budgets that you have tagged to it then you've got to think creative and see how you can work with work within that realm lah. so it's not impossible mm. you just have to manage your own expectations
0: If you have enjoyed this episode, share this with friends and filmmakers. We hope what you've learned from today's session will inspire you in your filmmaking journey. And remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts if you'd like to hear more. See you next time.